You are now listening to Tough Gages Podcast. Hello and welcome to Talk Your Jits Podcast. This podcast is, as the name implies, all about jiu-jitsu. I'm your host, Lamar Smith. And today's guest is a black belt who trains at Tiger Eye Martial Arts Academy located in Bunnell, Florida. Ladies and gentlemen, Cedric Tyler. I mean, I'm sorry, Cedric Taylor. Yeah. yeah. My, my apologies on that. No, nah, no problem, man. No problem. But yeah, man, first and foremost, man, I appreciate you coming on and uh, doing the episode with me today. No, nah, man, thanks for having me. I was uh, stoked when you gave me an invite. Oh, man, it. it was definitely my pleasure. I know we talked before, I, we know we started, I started this podcast, but when um, I was getting my list together, I was like, oh, man, I forgot somebody. And, I, and that's why I text you like, hey, you want to, you know, be on, so. No, yeah, man, it was cool. I, I love what you're doing. Um, it's always cool to see people uh, just grow from jujitsu and, and and branch out to other different, you know, other things. It's beautiful. Definitely, man. Definitely, it's been it's been a hell of a ride so far. But uh, let's not waste any more time. Let's get into it. If we want to formally introduce yourself again, you know, by all means, I mean, let's let's hear about your jujitsu journey. Oh uh, yeah, man. Uh, where where do I start? Where do I start, man? Uh, it's it's it hasn't been too long of a journey, not yet. As long as I plan on putting into it, of course. But uh, it, it's been a fun one. Mm-hmm. It's been a fun one. Um, where wherever you want, wherever I, you want, wherever you want to start. Okay. Uh, well, I got introduced to jujitsu. I had a friend of mine. Uh, he was a professional boxer, and he would go to. A particular uh, boxing gym and they had jiu-jitsu a part of it and i wasn't a fan of the boxing at first uh, a lot of uh, a lot of cardio yes you know uh, a lot of running, <laughs> <A> lot of <laughs> yes. running. running and jump roping wasn't wasn't my thing so uh when he would i would go with him and uh, i'd pay a little fee to drop in fee to do a couple jiu-jitsu classes and i probably did like two or three within six months and that's it but it kind of you know it got my feet wet Mm -hmm. and i I enjoyed it but then i started lifting weights um when i was lifting weights i ended up meeting uh who became my first coach at the time uh, carlos verona uh i saw him doing some weird exercises with the with the weights and I just went over to find out what he was doing, and he told me he was doing some exercises to help him with his jujitsu. Mm-hmm. So uh, I kind of, you know, at the time, I, I oh, I know something about jujitsu. You know, me and my three classes. Uh, <laughs> Total <laughs> so, expert at that point. Yeah, 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 totally, totally. <laughs> so uh, he invited me to come to uh, who's my current coach right now, uh, James Smiley. He invited me to come to Smiley's place. Uh, I went there and, uh, you know, I, I did an open mat, had a really good time. And from that point on, I just knew I was going to be an MMA fighter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just knew I was going to be an MMA fighter. So uh, that's all I did. I just trained Noki and I started my striking journey. Uh, but got about three, four months in and then I was having some medical issues. Turned out I was uh, dealing with high blood pressure. 
So uh took a year off to, you know, I didn't think I was going to be able to compete or do anything with jiu-jitsu or, or fighting or anything like that just because uh, I couldn't get past two, three minutes without, you know, uh, throwing up or getting dizzy. You know, it, it was really bad. So I took a year off. And then I remember sitting down with Carlos. You know, we had become good friends by then. Mm-hmm. And we, uh, you know, really just started to delve inward. Um, a lot of mental uh, exercises to deal with anxiety and things that would lead to my blood pressure rising while I was training. Mm-hmm. So we we cut out the MMA, we cut out the striking, and we threw a gi on and uh, just started training gi jiu-jitsu. Like we would go to this uh, academy he had a key to, and we would train, we would watch instructionals. Mm-hmm. And then we would drill the instructionals. And the whole time drilling, we would just be focusing on me just being at peace mentally and not getting overly excited. And that's how I fell in love with the gi. And that was, uh, I want to say, that was around 2010. That's when that happened, 2010. And uh, just been going strong ever since. You know, I didn't even get back in the fight until Purple Belt. Um, I, I strictly focused on Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and the Gi um, for, for a while, probably for a good four or five years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and, and that was, you know, that, that was where it all started. Uh, he ended up moving away around 2013. He ended up going to Spain. Uh, so then I was like, Hey, I want to be, I want to do this full time. I, I want to train full time. I want to compete. So I ended up moving, um, down to Daytona, Florida and training with a, with a fight sports affiliate down in Daytona. Mm-hmm. And that, that opened my eyes up to competition jujitsu. Okay. Uh, and that, yeah, it was a very competitive environment. I believe when I went there, I was a blue belt. And I, man, I got there, you know, at the academy I was at previously, I was doing pretty well. But when I got there, man, I was getting, I couldn't even make it past the warm ups. <laughs> I was getting spanked by the white belts. And, you know, at first it was, it was very demoralizing. But it was at that time that I really, you know, I had moved down there. I mean, I think when I moved down to Daytona, I was living in Jacksonville, Florida. And I went down there. I had a, I went to the Fight Sports Affiliate. I met them. I Two weeks later, I was down there looking for an apartment. And two weeks after that, I was moving down there. So within a month, I had decided I was, you know, quitting my job, selling my stuff, and, and just moving down to train jiu-jitsu. And when I did get down there, um, and I was having such a hard time, uh, you know, at that level, you know, I really started to question, like, yo, is this really what I want to do? Like, I'm yeah. not, you know, it, it, it was, it was very eye-opening to what, uh, you know, it, it could be and what, you know, real jujitsu, like competition jujitsu was. Mm-hmm. Very eye-opening. And I had to meet myself. And, uh, I remember just showing up. That's all I had to do was just show up and 
I got to the point to I was getting past the warm-ups, and I remember my coach told me, you know, he was like, man, at first I thought you were going to quit, but then I just saw your body was going into shock because you had never done something like this before. And uh, he was right. Mm-hmm. And it took me a good three months to get on board and to get my body used to that type of training. But um, once I did, man, it, it, was, it was amazing, very eye-opening. And it uh, just showed me what I was capable of. You know, it was, it was awesome. That was awesome. I mean, I can I can I can imagine the feeling of, you know, where you be like, man, am I is this worth it? Like, am I even good enough to, you know, to do this the way I want to do it? But to be in your shoes when you was just like, yeah, I'm just going to just pick up everything and just move on this one thing that I've been doing for a little bit. But I mean, that's that's man that's a pretty big leap man i mean usually for people like for jobs or stuff like that you hear them like move to another city or state but for like you know for jujitsu that's real dedication it was uh man you know the 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 journey that i took in order to deal with my blood pressure was very eye-opening i think that was something that hit me maybe earlier than um some others i i had to jump in like i had to like delve into the mental part of it mm-hmm. and that just showed me the power of what we can do or what our brains can do especially when we want to accomplish something uh i was able to i mean i did a stress test um I did a stress test and I remember they stopped the stress test when they told, you know, they told me I had high blood pressure and they stopped the stress test because my blood pressure had got up to like, um, what was it? I want to say it was like, what was, it? uh, which one's the big number, the systolic or the systolic, which one's the, the one on top or the bottom? You remember? I should know this because my wife is a medical uh, assistant. But. <laughs> <laughs> no, but um, man, I remember it was it was super high. Like uh, I believe I it's the it top number. Is the top number is the, the the bigger number? Yeah, and it was it got to be like two fifty over one eighty seven or something like that, and it was yeah. And it was it was like they stopped it. They were like, yo, you're in stroke range. And they didn't understand like what it was. They they were like they, they tested my blood, my lipids, everything. They were like the only reason we can say you have, you know, you're in fairly decent shape. The only reason it seems you have high blood pressure is because you're African American. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like that's really what they were telling me. Right. So they had no solutions for me and then they tried to give me some pills. And that stuff put me in a coma. Wow. Like, I couldn't, yeah, it put me in a coma. I couldn't function. I was sleeping all the time. Uh, it, it was bad. So I just got off of the, the, the medication and I just told myself, oh, I just, I won't be able to train. But our, you know, me and Carlos, our journey took us to some, some really, uh, deep places, uh, deep as in mentally and, when I realized that a lot of my blood pressure was being caused mentally by anxiety, 
mm-hmm. and um um and, and having a you know being a perfectionist and having that stress of the perfectionist mind frame on me mm-hmm. where I got to do it right and if I don't get it right I'm, I'm oh man I'm stressing out and that would raise my blood pressure and just you know you take that mentality and I know it a lot of people in jiu-jitsu um, have dealt with it or have seen it and, and faced it and quit. But you take that mentality, that perfectionist mentality, and you put it on you as a white belt and blue belt in jiu-jitsu, I mean, you're just setting yourself up for failure because nothing you do is going to be perfect. Yeah, it's impossible. <laughs> yeah, it's impossible. But, uh, you know, when I was able to sit down and delve into it like I didn't even I wasn't even told like Carlos was asking me questions and I came to the realization like my blood pressure is probably caused by anxiety mm-hmm. like and we, we we sat down like we were on this dock and we, we sat down for probably about like three hours and we were just going back and forth talking and we came to that realization so then we came up with a battle plan in order to uh, accomplish that and to lower that you know my blood pressure uh, through controlling my my anxiety or not at controlling it but accepting it mm-hmm. and being able to work with it and once that once i got past a five minute match oh my god my world changed yeah <laughs> my, my perception on, on this reality changed and how much control we actually have over ourselves changed and i, I keep that same approach um even with my fights that i've had all my mma fights you know I've been in the academy and gyms where people are playing, you know, hardcore, fast tempo music when they're getting ready for fights. And when I'm training for competition or fights, you know, I'm the opposite. I'm I'm listening to like Bob Marley, you know, or some really chill reggae just to relax myself and keep myself in a in a very zen state. Yeah. Um, yeah. So. I, um... Yeah, man. I, you know, I I identify with a lot of the stuff that you, you said. Um, you know, obviously being African-American male, that's that's kind of one of the biggest things. You know, high blood pressure, heart problems, diabetes, all this other stuff. And, you know, just seeing, you know, so many people around me, you know, on medication and, uh, and just everything under the sun to control these things. When it's like, well, you know, it will help if you was to change like some of your habits. Um, and then especially when it comes to like anxiety and whatnot, I, cause I deal with it. And like when I took my purple belt test, it was a really like rough time. And on top of that, that's when I think my highest, like, I, I guess that was like the most ex- like times I've had like anxiety was around that time. Cause it was like, uh, just got, we, just got over COVID. I mean, we just got the bands lifted from COVID. Um, I really, I was working, but I was still, you know, falling behind on everything. Um, my mom was like, she was getting sick at the time. Like she's gotten sick, sick during that time. And we also had our second child. So it was just, Mm. and it was just a lot in that short little span, because it was like, as soon as March hit, um, they was already talking about, know covid you know starting to you know spread to the u.s and everything else and they was naming off the cities and states that they're starting to hit and the week 
it was um so like for so our daughter was supposed to be born around i believe it was like the march like march 25th or something some sort like that but they called my wife and it was like okay you know we we need to induce your labor it's gonna you know we're gonna do it this day blah 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 so she ended up being born on the 7th versus the 25th that day we came home on the 8th that next week is when shutdown happened Oh wow. Yeah, they wouldn't let no one in the hospital. Like when we was there, they was let no one in the hospitals to visit. Um, only in, you know, if you had an emergency or doctor's appointment, that's the only way you get in. And then we go home that day. Then yeah, that day, and then that's when like shutdown happened. So, like I said, stressing the new baby, wasn't training and everything else. Came off of out of that, and then I boom right after that, I tested tested for my purple belt. And man, I mm. I almost died. Like I I mean, not gonna lie, like I almost died. <laughs> I've never cried so hard, dude. <laughs> like, like before, <laughs> before, during, and the end of this test, bro. I've never cried so hard, man. How, how long was it? How long was the test? Oh, uh, the test. See, for so our system, it's kind of um, we 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 do a lot. So it's our we we show so many techniques from top, bottom, side, blah blah blah. We go over our rules and principles, and then we have uh, a form of self-defense portion of a test, and then we have a, like a sports jujitsu portion of a test too. So it can go from an hour to you know to two to three and up, you know. And it was just a lot. It was a lot. So like you know, we have like I said, show all these techniques from all these different positions, and then we have to do self-defense, which for our purple belt test is it's two one-on-one fights. And no, is it no, it's one one on one fight in different positions and then we have um a two on one fight. So mm, okay. Yeah, so it was it was a lot. And then like I said, right after that we had to do two two I think it was like two two was it two four minute rounds? Yeah, two four minute rounds uh of uh sports jujitsu. Okay. So I was So do you guys no, go ahead. Do you guys focus a lot on um, the self-defense aspect? Like what your type of training It's always fun for me to get to get into this. And, you know, everybody does it differently at their academy. So was it I hear you said two on one fights and stuff like that. So how, how did that work? How does that work? Yeah. So our instructor, um, yeah, my, my instructor, uh, Zachary Holston, he follows the Joe Moira system. And it's you know it's focused on the the martial arts and the self defense behind it. So during our classes, you know even our regular classes, we go over self defense, uh, you know, uh, striking, um, you know, striking punches from guard, striking basically everything we do on the test, we we rep it throughout the year. Cause yeah, so we we'll go over, um. Yeah, we'll go over that type of stuff. Like, you know, someone's throwing punches at you, throwing kicks at you if you're on the ground. If it's like they're trying to kick you in the face, you know, punch you while you're on the ground, if they're on their back and stuff like that. So, it's a, yeah, it's definitely a martial art, but we definitely do practice self-defense as well. <clears throat> Good. Good. That's awesome. And That's very important. Yeah, and it's funny when I hear, you know, I'm like you. It's funny when I hear schools, you know, some schools that don't do that. So like, y'all don't practice no form of self-defense if you know someone's punched you in the face. You don't know how to stop it, but all right then, do you? No, yeah, that 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 does that's very interesting to me. Mm-hmm. Very interesting to me because if you're in the way I see it and the way I run my academy, um, 
if you are here for competition jiu-jitsu and you want to compete, that's awesome. We're going to train hard. We are going to, you know, put you through the rounds and make sure that you can do these rounds back to back to back. You know, the things that competition requires. Mm-hmm. You're going to know the rule set. If you're here for self-defense, if you don't want to do competition and you're here for self-defense just in case something happens, mm-hmm. like you got to be training harder, in my opinion, because the, the the consequences are worse. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, like the consequences oh, yeah. are worse. <laughs> you know, uh, I always tell my guys, first of all, competition, it's not a fight. You know, it's not a fight. Even MMA, uh, we call it a fight. And it, earlier I said fight, but it, it's not really a fight. You know, it's a competition. Mm-hmm. You have a referee. You have a doctor. You have your team. By it's controlled. You know, it's a controlled environment versus, and there's so many people that won't do a jiu-jitsu competition or an MMA fight, but they'll definitely talk shit at a bar. <laughs> and Isn't like, that crazy? Antagonize, yeah. <laughs> and antagonize like a group of people. And I'm like, dude, you got this all backwards. For real. <laughs> like, for real, for real. Yeah. So I've never understood that, you know, and we, we, we talk about that at the academy, too. So if you're here for self-defense, even if you're not here for self-defense, it's more than like, you know, if you get into a combat situation, you will probably use something that you, more than likely you're going to use what you learned at, at, at our academy. Right. right. Or whatever academy you're at, you're going to use it. Muscle memory is just going to kick in unless you're doing something else. Mm-hmm. You know, you're going to use this. So it's important that we have that aspect and we're always, you know, it's important to me that we're always creating that, that mind frame and, you know, making sure that they understand uh, the thought process behind self-defense because it's not just a bunch of techniques. Right. You know, it's, it's, it's a way of problem solving. Yep. Yeah. You know? Yep. So totally agree. Totally, totally agree. And, you know, uh, like yeah, when you when you hear schools and uh that don't teach, like I said, don't teach that self defense portion, just that that sports aspect of jujitsu. Not saying there's anything wrong with it, but you know, I like the way that we handle our system and stuff because, yeah, I I'm, I love this sport. I love training it. I love the martial art. I love the science behind it. But yeah, like at the same time, it did it did teach me how to keep myself calm you know make you know be aware of my surroundings because if i don't have that focus on what i'm doing and someone punched me in the face yeah my jujitsu is gone because it's like i'm not trained mm-hmm. i'm not trained by that i'm not used to that so if someone punched me in the face it's like oh okay now i'm just going to curl up because i i don't know how to react to this but the way we train yeah we especially being like the upper belts now if we're if we're repping this stuff like self-defense wise we're not pulling punches like you're at this point where yeah you're brown belt now or you know you're purple belt now like we're not gonna pull the punch that much you have to know how to do this you have to know how to you know react to this fast so I've been punched in the face a few you know a few times and I've liked but I it was still I was still able to keep myself you know keep myself calm yeah yeah and that's all around the board man I've seen that in competitions you should see mm-hmm. where just you know we we. You know, uh, at the Fight Sports Academy I was at, you know, we we practiced a lot of knee on face. 
you know, mm-hmm. this neon face choke, uh, neon neck choke, stuff like that. And I remember when I, I had first got my purple belt and a visiting purple belt came in. He had about two or three stripes and, you know, competitive style school we were at. So, hey, we, you know, see what you about. That's just how it was. So I'm rolling. We're rolling. We're having a good match, man. This guy was good. And I ended up getting past his guard. And I'm like, all right, got to do some work. This guy's been training for a while. And I transitioned to put some pressure on his face with my knee. And I did it. And he was like, ah, ah, and tapped. Like, really all, <laughs> like, very dramatically. And <laughs> I was surprised, man. I was like, I didn't even do anything. Like, I didn't apply a submission or anything. And, you know, my coach asked him. He was like, hey, man, you, you good? Everything good? He was like, yeah, we, it just threw me off. We don't do this at, we, we don't, we don't ever do this at our academy. And I remember hearing that and it always stuck with me. And I was like, this is what happens when you don't train realistically. Yeah. You know, and you, you, you take it easy on, on your training partners, especially as they go higher level. Uh, Tom DeBlas, uh, he's, you know, we're, we're, we're under the Tom DeBlas flag. Uh, coach Smiley mm-hmm. is, uh, my coach is, is, is his black belt. And I remember him saying, if you are concerned about in competition, if you're concerned about your opponent's safety, then you're never going to make it to the highest levels of competition. You'll never make it because Mm -hmm. like you said, once you are getting there, purple belt, brown belt, black belt, like your safety isn't my responsibility anymore. Right. Like you should be able to defend yourself. You should be able to, understand what's dangerous you know if 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 we're two black belts going together i've i've put a kimura on and you don't tap and your arm snaps like you you broke you broke your arm you broke your shoulder i didn't break your shoulder right you should tap you should have tapped you should know better yeah (laughs) you know and that's just the way it is the, the responsibility of safety changes once you're working with somebody from white belt on up you know, um, and as probably at your academy, as someone develops and gets blue belt or purple belt, brown belt, we get tougher on them. Mm-hmm. And that's a compliment. Yeah, because <laughs> like, and that's, yeah, like when we like when like for example, if if people are rolling, if a if a blue belt is rolling with a white belt, we don't help the blue belt. And if a blue belt is rolling with the purple belt, we don't help the purple belt. And but once you get like purple brown, now you're on your own at that point. But you know it depends. But yeah, we don't like once you get to that certain level, it's like okay, you should know this stuff. You should know what you be. You should know what you should look out for, and you know you should be able to address your mistakes as you go. Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, that's cool, man. Uh, uh, what's your, what's your team? Team's name again? Uh, my school is called H Two O Martial Arts. H Two O Martial Arts. I like it. like water. Yes. Like water. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. That is. Have that you is uh my school? Have you read uh the Dao Jeet Kune Do? Bruce Lee. I have. I have not. I have not read that book yet. 
It's uh, made me think of, you know, everybody, like water, the H2O, and um, yeah, it always makes me think of that book. I remember uh, same same boxing buddy of mine, same guy I was talking about in the beginning, he uh, recommended that book to me. And I remember I was like, oh, shit, I'm about to learn how to fight like Bruce Lee. Oh, shit. And I was so excited, man. I got this book. Um, and this was, yeah, I had to find this book, too. This is before Amazon was all popular. So I found this book, and I opened it up, and I did, I was like, what the hell? Dude, it was all philosophy mm-hmm. in the first part of the book. Like, the first half of the book was all just philosophy and concepts. It didn't give you no instruction about a fight and didn't talk about, you know, what style of punches, nothing. And it, it threw me off, but I went through it and it, it was a really, really good read. It's one of those books um, where you you can go through it like every year. And as long as you're progressing in your martial arts journey, you're going to learn. You're going to have a different definition of every word as you, uh, you know, progress in this journey. It's a really good book. I, I recommend it. To, to pretty much everybody uh, who really gets into the martial arts journey. And you said, um, I, you said, and what was the name of the book? Uh, the Tao of Jeet Kune Do. T-A-O of Jeet Kune Do. Oh, Tao okay. of Jeet Kune Do. No, okay, yeah. so I, I was, when you was talking about it, I was like, ooh, do I have that book? Because I was about to be mad at myself, but no. I got the one, The Art of Expressing the Human Body. I don't have the title of the Jeet Kune Do, so I might have to get that one, too. Ah, nice. I don't, I don't have The Art of Expressing the Human Body. I have to check that out. Yeah, it's 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 a very, very... It's very... very how, how can I explain it? Because it's, it's kind of like... It's not a really it's not not really much about technique like this other like the other book you're referring to, but it was more so like breaking down the human body for you know in the in the martial arts like in different martial arts standpoints. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, so it's it's a it's a very very good book. So, because I've been I've been kind of like on the a book kick as of late um not necessarily reading them because like my mind would not let me sit down and read a book so i just been doing like the audio books and i just okay yeah that's that's i'm an audio book person myself too man i'm so dyslexic <laughs> yeah, i'm telling <laughs> so... you man so i finished um i finished breathe uh the ricks and gracie uh book which was phenomenal and I just started uh, Worth Defending by Richard uh, Brazler. Which ironically, oops, which ironically, um, when I have put this uh, this podcast together, I was, you know, looking for guests and somebody had tagged him. I was like, oh, he'll be a good, you know, he'll be a, uh, a good guest. So I, re- I reached out to him and, you know, he was like, you know, give me like a little backstory. And he was like, do you know much of you know he's like do you know do you know who i am and i'm like "Mm, no i'm sorry i can't say i you know i have and then he's like yeah you know i'm 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 this i'm that and i wrote a book and blah 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 and then when he said it i was like hold on i looked over i I looked over and on my shelf was his book and i was like oh snap i was like i got your book and he's like, "Have you started reading it?" I was like, "No, I just literally just got your book like maybe like a week before I before this uh, conversation happened." 
So, you know, he was like, well, read it, let me know, and then, you know, I'll be a guest on your podcast. So, yeah. Thought that was pretty interesting. Yeah, I, I, the, there's no coincidences in my world. There's no coincidences at all. No. Everything happens. Everything happens for a reason. Yeah, for sure, man. I uh, I look back at everything that I've experienced through my lifetime, and uh, I see it, it all led me to this point in, uh, in my life right now. And, you know, that whole theory, you know, if you change one thing, what is the butterfly effect? Mm-hmm. You change one thing. You won't get the results that you that you've gotten, and uh, I'm pretty fucking happy with my results. So <laughs> I don't want to change anything. But uh, I remember my 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 first coach Carlos Verona. We were really big in uh, Eckhart Tolle and Wayne Dyer. Uh, that was some some people I used, some tools I used to to get over the anxiety. And there's this saying, and it really helped me throughout my my accident that I had last year. Um, it's just, uh, this too shall pass. Mm-hmm. This too shall pass. This is a great saying that I've adopted. Um, and it gets me through the rough, the rough lessons. And then I, it gets me through them with a, a good perception too. At the end of it, it's like, all right, I'm, I'm finished. And now I'm, I've become a lot stronger and I'm able to, to accomplish more now that I've been through that, that tough you know, whatever that, that tough lesson was. Yeah. But uh, a lot of those lessons I wouldn't have been able to make it through if it wasn't for that saying. Yeah, I, man, I, I feel you on, like, so many levels on that, dude, because, you know, I think about that, you know, I think about that a lot sometimes. Like, man, what if I never would have found jujitsu? And, you know, <coughs> just thinking about, like, you know, when I, I always tell the story of, like, how I started jujitsu was, you know, uh, you know, the guy, you know, my best friend, you know, at the time he was working at GNC, didn't know this guy, never seen this guy. Walked in, talked to him maybe like once or twice, didn't really care for the attitude. Uh, he going to hate me because I keep saying that. But uh, just fast forward, I just constantly kept going down there, you know, looking just vitamins and whatever, because I was, you know, getting serious about working out. But, yeah, we ended up having a conversation about him training jujitsu. And I was like, oh, well, that's cool, you know, and I was like, oh, I, I always loved martial arts, I always wanted to do one, but never really had the time nor money. And at this time, I was working like six days a week. And the only days I had off was Sunday and I just slept, I, I literally just slept those days. But fast forward, me and him kept talking about, it, you know, and everything else. And when I tell you the best decision in my life I've ever made was not listening to myself and actually going to step a foot in that gym. Man, <laughs> that's probably <laughs> the best advice you can give anybody. That <laughs> just no, oh man, I don't think, man, shut up. Don't listen to you. Yeah, <laughs> sometimes, look, I'm telling you, sometimes you do not, you can't listen to yourself. No, because you ain't been through it yet. Right, you, so right. you don't know. You, you don't know it. You just yeah exactly yeah, you, you just, just guessing. Guess. I have it's your imagination. I can't 
that's the one thing I, I, I let all my students know is like, listen, your imagination is going to be screaming at you. Mm-hmm. When you walk in the door, especially you ain't never been through nothing, you've, not, you've never done any type of martial arts training, it's going to be nothing but your imagination. Because that's how fear is. Yeah. Because if you know what's about to happen, you're not fearful. You, you can plan for it. I, I use the example. I'm like, okay, if I tell you, all right, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a con, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a sneak in your house and, and I'm a fuck you up, man. All right, that may exhibit some anxiety. That may get you a little anxious, or you may be fearful because you're creating. Like, when is he? When is he gonna do this? How is he gonna do it? Why is he gonna do it? Yeah, yeah, exactly. But even if I'm gonna do it, if I tell you, hey, tomorrow at 1:59 a.m., I'm coming through the back door and I'm gonna have on this, that, and the third, and I'm gonna, you know, if I give you all the details of what is gonna happen, and I stick to them, now you're not as, now you're not afraid, now you're, you're planning for it, now you're prepared, you know, all right, I got something for this guy, you know, and it's the same thing, like, we listen to ourselves so much, especially when we don't know or have any experience with what is about to happen, Mm-hmm. And that's one of the biggest mistakes that I, I see people make when it, before starting and then when they start. I notice a key phrase that someone says, you know, I, you know, you, you see it, too, like when someone's training and you see that that moment right when they gave up. Mm-hmm. Like they just kind of they just kind of gave up like they lost their hope. They didn't know what to do. And they just kind of ah. and then the match goes downhill from here. I'll ask my guys, I'll be like, yo, why'd you stop? Or why'd you stop fighting here? Why'd you stop getting on your side? And there's two words that it always starts with. There's two words that it always starts with when they give me their reason for what they did. Mm-hmm. Can, you, can you guess? Uh, can you guess the two words? What do you think? Oh, man. Uh, that's what I usually hear, but... I don't know. Like, it. And you were like, why? Why'd you stop, man? Or why? Why didn't you do this? Or why didn't you get your underhook? And they always start with, "I felt," as it always like, "Oh, I felt." I felt like, yeah, he was gonna do this, or I felt like I couldn't go anywhere, or I felt like it's always a feeling. Mm-hmm. And. That feeling, those feelings can stop us from doing a lot. You know, they can kill our hope. They can kill our, 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 our ambition, our, our, Everything. Our, our fight. Yeah, our fight. Just, I felt this. Like, well, that wasn't the case, though. You may have felt that, but as being the observer, you actually were this far from getting on top. You know, you were like five seconds from getting on top if you would have just mm-hmm. kept going. Or you were you know, three seconds from getting to your feet, you would have been able to wrestle. But, but, you know, I hear that a lot. So I've been poking that. I've I've been pulling that out uh, from, from, you know, my guys a lot. It's like, hey, I felt. If you start with I feel, a lot of times it's probably not true. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So nine times out of ten, it's probably not true. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Seriously. And that's, you know, that's something that... um, I I'm I come out like kind of struggling to have this conversation with my wife. I know we kind of like 
not really straying away from jujitsu a little bit, but this is like really, really serious, uh, like deep and serious. But um, she recently got, you know, she recently start back training um, like a month ago. And I, you know, I told her like I had a, like this really serious conversation with her. I'm like, OK, you know, at this level, at this point in jujitsu in my life, it's extremely, extremely serious to me. So I need to know if you're going to take this serious because, you know, I don't want you, I don't want this, I don't want you, I don't want to say invade, but I don't want you to invade this world if you're not going to hold on to the ride because it's, it's going it's, it's gonna to get wild. So she's like, yeah, you know, she's one, two, she wants to get back in shape. She wants to really train because she misses it and so on and so forth, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, we get to class and, like you said, you can just you either you can see it or you can feel when they just give up. And it's like, OK, what happened? And you like you said, it's like, oh, I, I felt like this is I'm like, no, 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 no. It wasn't. But, you know, you, you can't just you just can't hold on to that, though. Like fight that feeling, fight that fear and get back out there and try again. Like you're not going to get this stuff on the first try. It's you know that's impossible. It's the consistency that you have to find in jujitsu. That then, like we know, once you find that, then you'll be able to do a whole lot more. And yeah, that that little fear that you have is going to be gone. Well, it's not gonna it's not gonna leave you, but it's gonna be more manageable. Because I still have that like man, I should have or man, I if I when I felt this, I'm like yeah, nah. Well, you got tap. Get up. Let's go. Try again. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, yeah, I like what you said. Is it, you know, you don't eliminate fear. You just can't. You can't eliminate feelings, like at all. It's impossible. You know, they're they they they're hardwired into us. Mm-hmm. Uh, we we used to always say, you know, feelings are like clouds. You know, like there you look up, they're one way. You look down for a little bit, you look back up, they're a totally different way. Mm-hmm. You know, they're always moving. They're always transforming. And people go crazy trying to fight their feelings, which is just, you know, you're fighting yourself. Those are feelings. Yeah. And um, you can't fight the feelings you're having. You can just be aware of them and not, you know, your feelings aren't you. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? They're not your actions. You don't have to act on your feelings. And uh, once you just, you know, I find it a lot more freeing when you, Except that you have those feelings and you kind of, it's cool when you, I like, it's like watching a TV show. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Where you can be entertained by it. Sometimes you can learn something from it. But a lot of times you know they're not real. Like, it's not real. I love Batman, but I know he's not real. Like, he's not running <laughs> around. Yeah. You know? So it's the same thing with that, man. Take, take that energy trying to fight feelings or even some people feel shame for their feelings. Like, I shouldn't feel this way. You know, or I shouldn't, I shouldn't dislike this person or I shouldn't, you know, it, it's, you can't control that. Yeah. You can't control that. Um, so stop spending energy on things you can't control and spend that time on things that you can. And then just like with those clouds, by the time you look back up, things are probably totally different. Definitely. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I've talked about this before when it comes to that, you know, that mental game of uh, jujitsu, like jujitsu is such a logic, such a like a logical thing 
is to the point where like you can't focus on anything else when you're doing jujitsu. Because for one, you're gonna miss a lot of stuff. Two, (laughs) (laughs) you can't. You're not gonna be able to focus on that and try to survive. I'm never thinking about my electricity bill when I'm doing jujitsu. That's for sure. You can't, man. Like you can't. (laughs) Like, like when I tell you, when I get to the gym, my phone is on vibrate. My phone is on. Is usually on vibrate and in my bag. Like I don't want to be distracted by nothing outside of this gym until I until I get in the car and drive home. Because mm-hmm. I've I've been in too many too many places. Like I've been in this gym, in the gym too many times, mind clouded on everything else and got my ass whooped. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just like like just like yesterday. Like I was I was sick. I was getting over a cold. And I'm like, okay, I gotta. I'm like, oh man, I gotta get ready for this tournament. I gotta, you know, I gotta get ready. I gotta get down this way. I gotta do this and do that and all this stuff. And I got to the gym. I, tr- I mean, I tried my best to get my mind clear, but I just couldn't because I was like, man, I've been off the mats for a week. So I'm like, now I'm focused. Like I'm too focused on my breathing, and I'm now I'm getting gassed and I'm being choked out or being you know beat up because my <laughs> mind went everywhere else but on that match. So it was like. Yeah, it was rough, man. Yesterday was rough. <laughs> yeah, that's the goal, right? To just get to the point where you can stay in the moment. Yeah. Because you find once you start, oh man, he passed my guard. If you're, if you're thinking about someone passed your guard, then you're not in the match because you're not doing something about it. Mm-hmm. You're wasting time thinking about it, and that's uh, and then you just start playing this game of catch up. And bro, I feel you. There's been those days. This is. Like you don't play no radio, you don't do nothing. You just go home, <laughs> just quiet. Just quiet. <laughs> just thinking, like, oh man, oh jeez, yeah, I know the feeling. That's I know it, the feeling. Man. I just came, yeah. like, I literally just came home and just laid down, dog. Like, I can't even, I can't even do it, man. I can't even think about what the hell just happened. Like, <laughs> nope. I got washed. Just accept it, learn the lesson, and just move, move on. Just move on. I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I felt I felt good afterwards, you know, because I was you know I was able to get back on the mats. But yeah, man, I guess it was I guess it was an ass kicking that I deserved. So. You learned that lesson though, and that's yeah. the thing, man. Like you you gotta have those good nights and the bad nights. They they all make up the whole. And um, I think those of us who really really love jujitsu and value jujitsu gain that love and that value during the hard times yeah yeah uh maybe not always during but it's definitely after the hard times. oh yeah <laughs> you know like... you're not gonna show up uh anymore if you don't if you don't love it especially after humbling days like that yeah man I, i'm definitely i was you know Got done, got done with that. I was like, "Yep, I guess this is gonna be Tuesday too, cause <laughs> I'm 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 going back, going back Tuesday, and I'm going back Thursday." So yeah, yeah, it was just like that, man. Present moment reminder. Oh yeah. Present moment reminder. But I'm awesome. I'm, I'm too deep into uh to quit now, so that's you know, that's not an option. Bro, I had a buddy of mine. He'd been training longer than me. Um, 
he got in. He got a purple belt. Had his purple belt for a while. Ended up getting his brown belt. And he fucking quit. Uh. And, dude, I didn't know how in the hell you invest that much time into something. And then he quit. And I'm like, dude, it, it didn't make any sense to me. It, it didn't. And I'm like, bro, you ain't never going to get a fucking black belt. Like, how are you? are this close. How, man, just train. Just train. And, bro, that motherfucker didn't. He never got a black belt. Because, unfortunately, he ended up dying. Oh, no. Yeah, he ended up dying. And I was just like, that son of a bitch could have died with a black belt, if anything. <laughs> but, <laughs> you know, oh, like, man. hey. Because that's what trips me out. Because I'll see. You ever seen and This is, I don't know how popular this is. I, was, I used to see it when I was a, a, a starting jujitsu, where somebody would start jujitsu and they'd be like a white belt or a blue belt. And then they would, you know, pass. And then they get a, a promoted to a black belt like at their burial or their funeral. No, I've you never. Ever, I've you never ever seen, seen that? that? No. I've seen that. I never understood it. Never understood it. But I've seen it. Uh, I don't know. All right. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's a that's a new one for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, I mean, I get it. Maybe if, like, this guy was a brown belt, he was in, he was going to get his black belt, you know, this this summer or something. But uh, I, I've seen that a couple times. It may, I think they've maybe get done away with that tradition or, or, like, that thing. But uh, I've seen that a couple times, and it always uh, confused me. It yeah, confused. I, I, yeah, I've never seen that before. <laughs> I, cool. Yeah, no. Cool. That's a, that's a that's, that's definitely the first one for me. Yeah, yeah. Oh, man. That, that's good to know. I'm glad that's that doesn't isn't just spread around like a tradition. Uh, but um, yeah. If you got um any other questions for me, if you got anything else to add, um, if you got any anything coming up uh in the near future, man, you know the floor is still yours. Oh man. Uh, no, not really, man. I am. I'm always teaching jujitsu. Uh, you know, one thing that uh has been really big for me. You know, I got in a motorcycle wreck last year, and it gave me the opportunity to take some time from training and kind of look around. You know, I had my head in the jujitsu sand for almost 11 years. So uh, when I looked up, I saw some things that weren't sitting right. So one of the things that's really near and dear to me, um, we have the Tiger's Eye Empower, uh, Community Empowerment Center. Um, it's a nonprofit where, you know, we make the connection with Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, but uh, the goal is to get young, you know, you know, boys who don't have father figures or, or strong positive male role models to get them in the academy, but not only to learn Jiu-Jitsu, but to help guide them and mentor them into different, you know, into manhood. Uh, that's one of the things that's been really driving, driving me lately. So, uh, I, to anyone listening, you know, look up the Tigers Eye Community Empowerment Center. Uh, we are always looking for, you know, men to come and, and mentor some, some of the young, some of the youth in our community. And also, uh, uh, if you're looking to invest into the youth, um, you can you can do that too. So that, that's been something that's been near and dear to my heart lately that I'm seeing a, a need for. Um, so, 
yeah, and even if you're not in Florida or in Bunnell, and if you're not in any way able to give to the Tigers Empowerment Center, that's fine. I urge everyone to look around locally and see what good you can do to help uh, mold our future generation of men uh, to so that we we have a future generation of men. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. 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 I. Uh, that's that's amazing dude um yeah so like you said if you can you know if you can you know anything uh, obviously will help but um if you can't just you know just start one yourself and that is a major major importance especially you know nowadays when you know our young african men uh, african-american men are dying way way before their time and you know sometimes that like you like you said that guidance is what's needed to you know drive them on a different path so we'll, we'll definitely keep no. up with, definitely definitely keep up with that man and um that's that's such that's such an awesome thing you're doing there oh yeah man yeah i uh i appreciate you having me on the podcast man it's uh you know anytime you know i i love to sit down and talk or you know maybe uh even talk about some things that are uh aren't so popular within the jiu-jitsu community uh it's very good energy and i remember uh when when we first crossed paths you know you you brought some really good energy into the into the group uh that we met i forget what group was it that we were in that we're in together uh was it was it fanatics group no it wasn't was it fanatics or was it um or was it never stop bjj it may have been that one. I don't know. I'm a part of so many. Yeah, I know, um, and I'm, I'm. <laughs> uh, yeah, my list is growing too. But yeah, it was one of those too. But yeah, yeah, man, it's definitely, definitely an honor to sit down and talk to you, man. I would definitely, uh, yeah, even on a personal level, sit down and chit chat with you some more, man. But it, especially on this and whatever else, man. So I would, and I would definitely love to have you back as well. Appreciate it, man. Appreciate it, Lamar. Yep, and uh, that's the end of today's episode. I would like to thank my guest, Cedric, for coming on the show. I really hope you enjoy the tales of some of our experiences. Please go and follow our Facebook and Instagram pages to stay up to date on all future episodes. This has been Talk Your Jits Podcast. Keep rolling, keep grinding, and remember, long live jujitsu. Have a great day.